All honor and glory to our Lord and Father. Amen. You know, as, uh, as Dwayne was talking about, you know, things being put in order, it brought me back to one of the studies we did. And uh, it was the call to Ziklag. It was a few years back. There's a whole series on it I did. The call to Ziklag is to prepare. It's all about preparing. And it was David preparing to take the kingdom and for the Lord to establish the kingdom that he had promised. And that that kingdom was, had diminished now with Saul. And the Lord put him out in the wilderness of Engedi and in Ziklag. And in it, there's, there's several scriptures that jump out, and we like the ones about the sons of Isaacar. It's out of 1 Chronicles 12. But there's another one. And it comes out of 1 Chronicles 12, verse 33. And it's talking about the different tribes and what the different tribes brought. Well, that's like, you know, we could find a parallel there to the body of Christ the different members of the body of Christ, what the different members bring, what the different factions within the body of Christ can bring, right? We've talked about that before. There's, there should be no competition within the body. There should be no segmentation to where, you know, I follow the faith message, I follow the love message, I follow this message, I follow that message. I've said many times that God raises up people that are instructors and teachers and gifted in various areas. That's called the body of Christ, and it's like a buffet. And we should be able to partake of the whole buffet and not segment any of it and, and not be required to be part of one thing or the other. We've had factions where, you know, super grace has been criticized because it's not holding accountability by some people's standards as much as it should. And then those people who want to hold the fundamental responsibilities say, you know, it's more about obedience and it's about all those things. Well, this scripture jumps out at me. And it says, from Zebulun, experienced soldiers prepared for battle with every type of weapon to help David with undivided loyalty. And one of those words where it's translated from out of the kings is of Zebulun, such as went forth to battle, expert in war with all instruments of war, 50,000, which could keep rank. Which could keep rank. They were not of double heart. That's important. In order for us to accomplish what God gives us to do and, and to make a ripple effect, you know, if you throw sand, a handful of sand in the water, and you don't get much of a ripple, do you? But if you throw a brick or a stone in there, you get a ripple. We want to be a brick and a stone in the kingdom of God. We don't want to be sand that just disseminates and the ripple doesn't make its way to the banks. And so we have to keep rank. And the one thing that I learned early on and was tested in was keeping rank. Even in the world... I was loyal to a fault, but loyal to the wrong people. You know, God had put in my spirit, and I didn't know it, to be loyal. Loyalty went a long way with me. I remember it from grade school on. But then as I began to know the Lord, I, I understood loyalty meant so much to Him, 
and to the people of God and for us to be loyal to the things that God gives us to do and the people that God gives us. No matter what anybody says, no matter what the perceptions are, no matter where it's at, wherever there's tugs. So I've said it many times, when, when you're part of an apostolic prophetic ministry, and, and we don't say it arrogantly, but we are. And, 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 and it comes with a tremendous requirement. And that requirement is to stay pure before God, to work to stay pure before God. You know, the scriptures say, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by works. So we're not those who disdain works and say, oh, we just live by grace. We say we have super grace and we're gonna work our faith towards God with that grace. And we be obedient. And we listen to the call of the Lord. And sometimes it's a still small voice and sometimes it's loud. And not everybody can do everything. Not every person that hears me or sees this can just pack up and head to India or go somewhere, but somebody can do something. But keeping rank allows it to happen. These three could not have accomplished anything, probably wouldn't have gotten through into the country without the Touch Heaven family keeping rank, not only now, but 10 years ago. And 15 years ago, when there wasn't even a Touch Heaven church, it was a Touch Heaven ministry. And 17 years ago, when Touch Heaven ministry was born. And so the Lord plants those seeds and he does things. And God calls people forth. We have a tremendous blessing and opportunity in the Lord to do great things for him. I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard yet what the Lord's going to do. The report of the Lord is going to grow and grow and grow and grow. We can all be part of that or we could withdraw from it. Some people withdraw. I say to everybody, you know, for what we do and what we're called to do, all are welcome into the house. We bless. We don't judge. No judgment here. No judgment here. I won't tolerate that. No, no rank of classes in the church. No rank of classes. And we go through disciplines not to let that happen. There's only one or two people that know what the tithing is in this church. I'm not one of them. The only time I have, when, when somebody gives a special offering, I want to know so I can pray the Melchizedek blessing on them. That's all. That's all I ask about. I don't want to see the end of the year stuff. I don't want to know it. I don't want to know each week who gave what. I don't want to do that because I don't want any class systems in this church. I've been there. How many have been in situations like that, right? You thought you had to earn your way into something? No. We just have to be consistent and reliable. We have to be consistent and reliable to one another. So in this basis, I want to encourage you to really seek the Lord about purpose in your own life right now. What's my purpose? Now, I believe, and I please stay, I want you to be part of this. Not, not my thing. Our call to God. This is not, there will be a day where I will be extinguished and the call will go on. Right? So to me, it's not, some people say legacy. I'm not trying to establish a legacy. I'm trying to establish a family of God that continues to move on and do greater and better things than I could ever have administered myself. And I just saw that happen, and it blesses my heart so much. You don't know how much rejoicing I did. And I'm going to continue to believe God and do it. And so... I want you to be very encouraged by what you saw. Now, next week, maybe we'll pick back up with this. I, I'm not going to deal with it now. 
I had sent you something to continue on about gratitude, and um, there were a few things that I saw that, that really uh, tweaked me, but this much I want you to know. It tells us in the scriptures, in everything give thanks to the Lord. And it tells us in the scriptures to pray in 1 Thessalonians 5. Let's look at 18. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. I want you to look at this a second. That's why I was pushing you a little bit again today. Because if you really want prayers that are effective, how many of you pray? You want effective prayers? You want your prayers to be, you want to know, it's like this. You, you know, if you're trying to operate small garden equipment, you're not supposed to put the cheap fuel in it. You're supposed to put the better fuel in it. How many of you know that? If you're not doing that, do that. It'll mess up your mower. You say, oh, it doesn't take much anyway. You're supposed to put the better fuel in it because that engine isn't made to run off the lower stuff. Your prayers aren't made to come out of a heart and a spirit that has grumbling and mumbling. Your prayers are emboldened and powerful when it comes out with thankfulness. And if anybody was more qualified to teach us that than anyone else, it's Paul. Paul had all kind of reasons to mumble and grumble, right? I mean, you know, some of us, um, my encounter was a little rough, but a lot of us have had encounters with Jesus that were just hunky-dunky. It was wonderful, right? You just got blessed, the windows of heaven opened up, you were dancing, everybody was happy. It didn't happen to Paul, he got blinded. He got blinded and then he got sent into exile for three years to get all the, some of the legalism out of it. But yet, this is what he writes. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Philippians 4, 6, again from Paul. And this is the sermon. We're almost done. But if you grasp this, and if we walk in this, then you have something practical to use to have a victorious life in Christ and to know that your prayers not only are being heard, but have been seasoned according to the heart of God to be answered. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer, and supplication, that means petition. With thanksgiving, come on, say it with me. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Real quick, you can thank him for what he's already done. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you've done in my family. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you that you paid off that bill. Thank you for my health. Thank you, Lord, that you saved me. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for another day that I'm breathing here on earth with an opportunity. Thank you for my children. Thank, whatever. Or you can talk about the present. Lord, I thank you for right now. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for these wonderful people. I thank you, Lord, for this family that spreads out farther than anything I could imagine. It's just an inkling of what you told Abram, but I can look at the sky and I see stars and people that I don't even know. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that I have a vehicle that got me to church. Huh? 
Thank you, Lord, I was able to put fuel in it. Thank God. Thank you, Lord, that we made it through Thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. We get so many things in the present. Thank you, Lord, that it rained this morning and the sun is out now. Thank you, Father. Thank you for so much. And then you can thank him for what he's going to do. As you're praying for him, Lord, Lord, you know my circumstance. You know what it is. You know what's in my heart. You know what you've asked me to intercede for. Lord, I thank you that the answer is yes and amen according to your will. Thank you, Father, that I already know it's done. Thank you, Lord, that the goodness of God for my times is in your hands, as the psalmist said, and to open those hands up and let the blessings, every good blessing, come down. Pray with thankfulness. Amen? And have an attitude of gratitude. So, I think I'm going to stop right here. And we're going to take our offering. I thank you for that, by the way. And we're going to rely on the Lord to bless. If you want to, I'm thinking to myself about something else I want to do. If you'd like an envelope, please just put your hand up. You'll receive one right now. The reason why we encourage you is so that you can get an end-of-the-year statement for your taxes if it's worth it to you. You do get to deduct that stuff to a degree. And uh, Patty does a tremendous job keeping count of it and giving an accurate statement that you can give to you and turn in on your IRS. If you're online with us and you're supporting this ministry or led, please uh, go to www.touchheaven.com and there you can give. You can text us at 330-845-6005 or simply go by snail mail and send it to mail to Touch Heaven Church, 10 Skyline Drive, Canfield, Ohio. We thank you for that. We bless you for that. Us being able to tithe in the kingdom of God is a blessing. I've often said it's not about how much that God measures it. He measures each one unto us. We know what we're supposed to do. I've often said I'm not very impressed with a billionaire that gives away a million. Doesn't impress me. But I am impressed with the person who gives the tithe out of their paycheck. That's impressive. That's very impressive. And the special offerings that come in. And so is the Lord, by the way. He watches all these things. He watches them. He says he'll take the fortunes of the heathen and turn them over to the kingdom. Isaiah said that he, he promised he would make you priests, and he has. And in so doing, he said, and I will have the fortunes of the heathen come to you to bless you. And I believe that's about to happen even more in many of your lives, supernaturally, ways that you haven't even thought about, people that are just going to bless you. Maybe just because you happen to be in the right place at his time. I don't know. But I want you to be blessed in that. And let's just raise our hands up. Father, I thank you for this offering. I ask you to bless it, O oh Lord, and we give it to you to receive it. Not as mere currency and paper or digits in a bank account, but transform, Father, into your work. Let us continue to be good stewards in this house, Father, even better than we've ever been.
Thank you, Father, to multiply in this house what's been received and multiply, Father, for those who gave and those who couldn't give equally to be blessed, to be doubled, to be portioned. We thank you for that, Lord, in so many ways. Blessings that are finance and blessings, Lord, that come in other intangible ways that mean a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Finally with this, this is what I was going to open with, so I'll just close with it. How's that? It's talking about, you know, grumbling. And I'm not going to leave us as grumblers today. There's a good part of it that ends with it, but it's funny. It's funny, but it's tragic. You know, uh, how many of you ever heard the story of the grumbling monk? Don says he has. Well, I'm going to repeat it. Only two of you, so bear with it. It says that there was a, many years ago, a, a, a monk, a guy that joined a monastery. And, you know, in the monasteries, you typically take a vow of silence. And so he went 10 years. And after the first 10 years, the superior came to him and he said, do you have anything to say? And the monk replied, food, bad. After another 10 years, the monk again had an opportunity to voice his thoughts, open his mouth, and he asked him, you have anything to say? He said, yes, bed hard. Another went, 10 years went by. The superior came to him, the superior father. He said, do you have anything to say? And he responded, I quit. So the superior said, doesn't surprise me a bit. You've done nothing but complain ever since you got here. Now, our Lord isn't as harsh as that, but we can, we can become malaligned when we're unpleasant from our heart and still asking the Lord to bless. The Holy Spirit will seek us, he'll look through us, he'll expose things, he'll tenderize our heart, he'll let us know areas we need to deal with for forgiveness, for repentance, for generosity, for whatever it is in our heart that embitters us. So I'm going to ask Laura Lee to lead us in a prayer for the Lord to open the eyes of our heart. That's what we started off with. That's what we worship. That's what we praised. Open the eyes of our heart individually so that we can let the Holy Spirit remove these things from us. Sometimes it takes practice. You know, sometimes we have to set our minds in order for the mind to begin to set the heart. And, and you just do it. You just do it. I know almost everybody here had to practice something and keep doing something that really wasn't your passion in order to become okay with it, right? Um, for some of you men, how many of you love digging a ditch? Huh, something's wrong with you. But I had to learn how to dig a ditch because there's a wrong way to dig a ditch, right? You can work twice as hard if you don't know what you're doing. How many of you love to prune a thistle tree in your garden? Something wrong with you too. But there's a right way to do it. And you can get it done and you have to practice and learn that way. Sometimes we have thistles in our hearts. And we need to dare. We need to dare and to say, Lord, 
Prune my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Father. Change my heart. Because I want to flow from this heart living waters that please you. I want to please you, Father. And in pleasing you, I ask you, Lord, hear my prayers. Hear my petitions. Teach me what I should ask for. Amen? If you will, and then...